Hello, hello, my cyberpunk nomads, and welcome to the Nomads of Fantasy. I am your host for this episode. My name is Eric. I also have with me Dave. Man is an individual only because of his intangible memory. But memory cannot be defined, yet it defines mankind. Dun dun dun! And Brandon? It can also be argued that DNA is nothing more than a program designed to preserve itself. And we have a fourth mm-hmm. nomad here tonight, Chris Logan from Best of the Rest. There's nothing sadder than a puppet without a ghost, especially the kind with the red blood running through them. Oh. <laughs> Good nice. old Batu. My quote would have been, uh, you don't even know your own name, you stupid dickhead. Oh, that is a good one. <laughs> Love it. Probably miss that. Uh, if you don't know these quotes, they are from the 1995 anime film Ghost in the Shell. Uh, and the main reason we're doing this is we wanted to bring Chris back to talk about something. And this was his pick, Ghost in the Shell. So this, this movie holds a, a special place with you, right, Chris? Hundred percent. I would say this is my favorite animated movie of all time, anime or otherwise, just animated. Period. I absolutely love this movie. I think it was. I mean, you guys covered Akira a while back, and I think that's yep. what made me go, well, "Hey, if you ever get around to Ghost in the Shell," which is like the sort of like one yeah. A and one B as far as like classic animes, uh, early animes that kind of define the genre. Yeah, dude. So I would. I would love to be back to talk about it, and uh, here I am. I'm excited, guys. Awesome, man. Glad to have you back. Um, I guess to start it off right right away, we'll give you a little a little shout out here. What if people don't know? I mean, you're I think you're our most returning guest so far. This is your third time on the show. Third time on. Um, if that's not the record, uh, let me know how many times I got to come back to beat it. I want to be <laughs> number that's one. Got, guest I think that is. That. We've had like two returns of guests before. I think this is the first uh, three peat for you. But if people don't know, just give us a quick uh, summary about Best of the Rest. Absolutely, Best of the Rest is a podcast about. Poorly received movies. Uh, in other words, movies that most people say are bad. But me and my co-host, Andrew, we sort of challenge ourselves to, to discuss the movie, but only talk about the positives and what works and what we like about it. Because movies that we've covered like uh, Daredevil, The Predator, uh, A Good Day to Die Hard. These are movies that people <laughs> are not saying nice things about on the internet. Mm-hmm. So we try to be like that oasis that beacon of positivity and again you know personal challenge to kind of be more positive because the internet could use some more of that and uh sometimes it is tough (laughs) to come up with scenes that we like and performances that we like but that's part of the fun so if you dig movies and movie discussions and positivity please check us out wherever you get your podcast best of the rest i definitely feel like you have rubbed off rubbed off on us a little bit just because i mean it's easier for us to stay positive because we talk about like classics, uh, you know, Die Hard, Akira, like you said, like classics in everybody's mind, Jaws. So it's easier for us to say positive. But there's, you know, there's been some things that we've had nitpicks with in the past that we've watched. But you leave Ghostbusters part, alone. <laughs> Don't you dare bring up Ghostbusters again. Yeah, we did Ghostbusters <laughs> after life last week. Listen, I had my nitpicks, but uh, I, I didn't really care I for enjoyed that movie. I didn't care for Heat when we talked about that one. You know, Ooh, I thought right. I thought it was overrated. Huh. Hot take right, right but, there. No pun yeah. But we're not here we're not here to <laughs> trash we're not here to trash anything. Nope. Like you said, there's no. there's plenty of other stuff out there. No, we got another classic. Plenty of other content out there. Yeah. Another classic for sure. Um well, 
we can get into our kick it off with our social section. We put a little message out there on social media, just asking people what they if they've seen it and what they thought about it. Um, so if you want to follow us, you can follow us at Nomads of Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can also hop in our Discord, the Nomads of slash Discord, if you want to hop in there. Um, but on Twitter, we received a couple comments. Uh, one from SP Film Viewers. It says, it's been a long, long while since I've seen it, but I've got the 4K waiting for me on the shelf for a revisit. Mm, nice. Which is, I think, the version that I watched. I think most of the, I know Dave I bought, and yeah. Brandon, I think both, yeah, got both the 4K. on Amazon to get it. Um, but yeah, it was a beautiful movie. Uh, Pixie says, I love the original Ghost in the Shell. Strong female lead, beautiful music and imagery. Mm-hmm. agree mm-hmm. on all points there norm says it's amazing we used we used it as a case study during sociology sociology in japan from 1990s onwards back when i did an exchange in tokyo years ago the show gets you thinking especially from the lens of frustration and identity i.e what it means to be human etc yeah very cool. great comment yep. yeah 100 percent um games my mom found says never seen it but really want to one day yeah. well come on mike, mike you gotta uh, watch come on dude you get on it yeah you're a smart pause guy. the you podcast right now go watch <laughs> yeah. it come back and listen to the rest you won't regret it <laughs> um words about books says no lie i probably think about ghosts in the shell at least once a week i think it's huh. worth a worth a watch uh from a certain point of view says it's a fantastic film the series is also if you're a fan of the matrix you'll see why it was an influence on those films uh, which I'm sure we will talk about that as well. Uh, John G says the music alone is worth it. Music is awesome. Music is amazing. Uh, so yeah, that was that was all of our social there. Uh, again, at No Man's of Fantasy, if you want to follow us. Um, but yeah, I feel like we can probably just take a little break and end our Act One here, and then come back and get right into the movie. are back to talk about ghost in the shell um i guess i wanted to start out chris since you're a special guest you mentioned it a little bit here but i just wanted to start out with saying since you brought this movie to us why why this movie why do you love it so much well it's kind of funny just, i've, I've talked it up big so question much. but just generalize it sure sure like it's it's my favorite animated movie but like i didn't grow up watching it i didn't see it until honestly just a few years ago uh, someone in the in the social section earlier mentioned the 4K. That's basically the only reason I ended up watching this movie. I'd heard about it for a long time. I'm a huge fan of The Matrix. It's a big influence on in that franchise. 
And so I've kind mm-hmm. of just, I've been aware of it, even if I didn't know the specifics. And when I got my PS5, I got a 4K player, right? Because it's built into it. I had never planned on buying one, but like, well, since I have this PS5, since I have a 4K player, let's literally what I did is I went to Best Buy. I looked at the 4Ks. I did price low to high. <laughs> and <laughs> Ghost in the Shell, the steelbook was on sale for 15 bucks. And it's a beautiful wow. steelbook. And I'm like, man, that is probably the way to watch this movie. So I ordered it. I watched it and I watched it probably three or four times that first week. And it's, I've, I've watched it a lot since then. I rewatched it for, you know, preparing for this podcast, but I probably could have done this thing without watching it again. I've seen it so many times. Right. I know it pretty well at this point, but it's only been in the past three years or so, whatever the PS5 came out. Was that 2019, I think? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So yeah. So I just, I've watched a lot in the past uh, three years. Was this the first time each of you had seen it? Yep. Yes, yeah. I think it was. I feel like I need to see it again, though. There's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, that's what's kind of sure. funny about that because if the if you had asked me the day after I watched it for the first time what I thought about it, I would not tell you it's my favorite animated movie of all time. I'd be like, it was, you know, it was, it was something. Like I kept thinking mm-hmm. about it, but I, I it took a while for all my thoughts to fully form around it. It's it's definitely a multiple viewing type experience. I mean, I enjoyed it at the first viewing, but I'm kind of mm-hmm. curious to see where all of you fall as of right now, having only seen it within the past, I assume, like 48 hours or so. Yeah, that's why I, yeah, I'm kind of glad we're here talking about it after our first viewing and with someone who has viewed it multiple, multiple times because, you know, I am uh, itching to break down this movie just because there is a lot. It's dense. Um, one thing I stinks a little bit is we watch, I think, Dave, Brandon, and I all watched it on Amazon, correct? Oh, my God, yes. yes. The yes. the English dub is the only version available, it's unfortunately. It's brutal. It's so and bad. I <laughs> was so wanting the Japanese, like the original Japanese audio. Yeah, dude. I, I, I The dubbing was so bad. This is the worst acting I've seen in a while. Such a shame. Well, dubbing has only gotten better um as anime has come along it's come a long way i'm surprised sure. they haven't redone but, it with like a 2018 like redub right you know mm-hmm. something like that no yeah i'm i'm surprised also but yeah um the dub was a little bit rough i've watched it both ways i go back and forth i think uh i mean it's not no it's not the best dub i guess i'll <laughs> i won't try to pretend like that uh before <laughs> we start recording dave and i were even talking that like Sometimes the voice acting sounds a little stiff. Sometimes it sounds like they're rushing through information because they got to finish getting all the information out before the lips start, you know, stop flapping and it just, the pacing seems kind of strange. But also, you know, hashtag positive podcast is what I do. I think it does add a bit of charm to it as well at times. And, you know, maybe the first time you watch it, you're not looking for those little details. Like once you know the story, you know what's happening, you can kind of, appreciate some of the smaller details sometimes but especially uh bato who or batu i keep saying his name wrong uh is hilarious and his dry delivery is very funny to me and part of it is just that stiff not great acting but i think it kind of it helps there's cyborgs cases i was was gonna say they're also cyborgs well they're you know they're they're a mix yeah sure right they're like yeah meta humans or whatever you want to call them um but yeah i thought i thought Thinking about that, that plays into the stilted dub a little bit, a little bit better, Um, which I mean, I think they did a really good job of portraying these characters as like 
you know, they're not quite human. Like they are awkward and weird and their interactions are a little bit awkward. And I think the dub plays into that a little bit better. And even like a something that I just was, I was reading about it before the podcast, like the director of the movie, they made sure that Matoko's eyes never blinked throughout the entire movie. I don't know if you guys noticed huh. that, but they wanted her to feel like she was almost like a doll, you know? Cause like, if you notice and you're looking at these characters, she doesn't blink at all through the entire movie. So um, that was just another little detail that I thought was cool I, that they I threw did in not there know that to, I've never noticed that to before. flesh That's out. Cool. Yeah. Flesh out the characters a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess uh, for the people who haven't seen it, Brandon and Dave, what were your like raw impressions after credits started rolling? I think it's stunning. I think it's one of the best looking things I've ever seen in my life. I felt like that when I watched Akira and I can see why these oh. two movies are like same the movies that everybody references when it comes to anime like the quality because like the shots that this movie had it's it reminded me of blade runner where they're they're just showing you the city they're just showing you an area they're just very blade runner city yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and i and i love that it's like my favorite part of blade runner in that movie questionable acting questionable story um is the hero of that movie even that interesting i don't know it's just a classic, but but the world is so awesome to look at, and that's how I felt watching uh, Ghost in the Shell. Was the look, the scenes, the shots? It's just like I'm so happy I got to see this with a critical eye, and I just soaked it in, man. Even the director in an interview was asked, like, "Were you inspired by Blade Runner when you made this?" And he's like, "Well, of course I was. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, gotta be a lot of similar like, themes, like, obviously. A couple yeah. of those, like." intermission they have like music playing for like a couple minutes and they're just like showing stuff off and like some of the coolest animations were like during those scenes where like you wouldn't even really you know pass them off if you're not paying attention or you look down at your phone for a second or whatever but like some of the the facial shots in the beginning were a little awkward but like there's still stuff going on in the background and there's like that's one thing with like anime it's not like a Bugs Bunny or something cartoon where it's just like a flat background and it's just the characters in the foreground doing stuff. There's always something happening kind of everywhere. Parallax effect. There's also some like there's a little bit of use of like 3D in some scenes as well. It's that Um, early 90s 3D where it's like. But it works for this like, you know, cyberpunk era you know that that aesthetic because it's it's very flat kind of the way Mm -hmm. that it's rendered out and stuff like that. So it's not like texture. It fits in with that Geometry. cyber theme yeah, yeah. It's like yep. a ps1 cutscene. Mm-hmm. yeah they used it for the maps and they used it for you know some of the fade-ins between certain scenes and stuff like that so it wasn't like overused but i don't know it's it's that early rudimentary 3d mm-hmm. that they kind of tie into it but it's it's cool because it's like anime and the 3d kind of mesh together so yeah i mm-hmm. think i mean the list goes on and on of kind of what inspired you know what inspirations came from this movie matrix obviously is an easy one easy one to pick oh on. my god i can't i'll never see the matrix the same again yeah i'll never see like, it the same again they have the same like jacking in where you put the wires in the back of the yeah. neck and everything the and green text the source code the green, yeah and the that was ripped credit. straight yeah. from yeah exactly that 100%. was ripped straight from uh ghost of the shell ghost of the shell um and i also another thing that i was thinking about uh, inspiration was Westworld a little bit. I don't know if you guys thought about that at all. Because in the beginning, when they were showing how the shells were made, um, 
like it was kind of the same it, similar vibes as the opening of Westworld. And yeah, then like, they that. like come out of that like white goop and that's like the yeah. same as Westworld. Like I was thinking that when, you know, and it was like that opening shot. So I was like, definitely probably drew some inspiration uh, from that. But I feel like you can pick out a lot of different things that this movie inspired. Yeah. Thematically, there's I mean, there's the obvious stuff we mentioned, the source code and jacking in the back of your neck, like the Matrix. But like thematically, this movie deals a lot with. I mean, look at the title, The Ghost in the Shell. It's talking about the separation between our body and our mind, our spirit, our consciousness, our being, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Yep. And they don't always match. The shell can be interchangeable. And there's been a lot of discussion, especially in more recent years, about how the Matrix deals with uh, like trans identity. With the Wachowskis obviously transitioning after that. Then you look yeah. back at the at you know the matrix like oh i they were working through some stuff when they made this movie like i can kind of see like yeah Mm -hmm. you know changing your shell your outward appearance not matching what you feel inside and this movie is like uh your shell doesn't matter gender doesn't always matter i mean the puppet master Mm -hmm. is referred to as he and has a masculine voice but takes on the shell of a female and it's like who cares like it's just Right. A vessel they just that call happens him he to be for in. like convenience. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then like, you see like the female figure, if we if we can, uh, a lot in this movie, but it's never sexualized. Hella it's, it's always yeah. <laughs> hella boobies. But it's always it's very matter of fact. It's always just like yeah. this is the shell, this is the casing, is what they have to hold them. And it's 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 never sexualized in the movie, which is right. very intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, I don't know if we want to get into like a little bit more of the the nitty gritty plot details um, and just start there and kind of see where it goes. But I don't unless you had something else to say. It sounds like all of us agree that this movie is awesome. Like this is a pretty oh, yeah. sweet movie and it deserves all the praise it gets. It, uh, yeah. Especially Even if I don't understand it. <laughs> like the theme, the themes in it are so like it's thick. There's like Chris was saying, there's a lot to work through. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And then. You know, you're trying to take it all in, and there's some like long dialogue sequences where, like, you got to really be paying attention to kind of like pick up on everything that they're trying to put down there. So, I think this one is definitely one that requires kind of multiple viewings after. I mean, a lot of the first time. Yeah, when I was watching it, I mean, I was kind of tired, running on like five hours of sleep the night before, so I did. (laughs) I so I fell asleep watching it the first. So like the first 30 minutes I watched and then same dude, I watched the rest, like the, the remaining hour, like, I don't know, an hour before this recording this, but, um, yeah. I won't like go rewind of... to start over. Cause I missed like 20 minutes. So I'm like, what right. is going on? <laughs> I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's like a gripe of mine, but a lot, a lot of it was lost on me. And I know this is a big theme of like cyberpunk settings and stuff is like the corrupt, uh, corporations and government and all that stuff. Like a lot of that stuff a little bit was lost on me throughout this uh movie i feel like i need to watch it a second time like i said to understand a lot of that stuff mostly what i got out of it was like the main themes and matoko's struggle through the entire movie which i you know that's like the main part of the movie i feel like the the other stuff is just kind of like background identity uh, set dressing a little bit um but yeah. yeah, if someone that, like that's just kind of where I'm at with it. If someone heard us talking about the movie and they never seen it, and they hear us talking about these themes of uh, your shell and trans identity and what does it mean to be human, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, I got to go watch this movie," and they put it on, 
and they see stuff about like seeking political asylum with another country yes. they're like wait what is what is this political thriller what what am i watching like here? i wasn't so. yeah i wasn't expecting that i guess going into it um and they do a bit of like a plot dump a little bit in the beginning and they get more into the identity stuff later like in the second half of the movie um which i think yeah. is really where it really picks up but you just need to know that sector nine is where Matoko is and Sector Six is are they're the dickheads. So <laughs> they're the dickheads. dickheads. They're being jerks. <laughs> they're just fighting yeah. with each other. That's all you need. You're good. Yeah. Exactly. So given yep. that all of you just watched it one time, uh, would it would it help if I did a quick synopsis? Or do you want to try to be like, hey, this is what happens in this movie? No, I would I think that would help me a lot. If, well if you yeah. Dave is right. Section nine where Matoko is, which means they're the good guys. Uh, they do like the dirty work for the government is how uh, Batu puts it. And then Section 6 is the Department of uh, Foreign Affairs. So they're responsible for uh, being diplomatic with other countries, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So here's full spoilers for what happens in this movie. Section 6 creates a program codenamed The Puppet Master. And this is a very shady thing because what this program does is it manipulates the stock market and the politics of the world behind the scenes by hacking into computers and changing stuff without them knowing. This program becomes self-aware and goes rogue. And now the puppet master starts hacking into individuals responsible for a lot of crime. And since it was a big secret, Section 6 is acting like this is a foreign attacker. They say this is a hacker mm-hmm. from America that is yeah. doing all the stuff in section 12. Let's go and let's go and capture him. But that's not at all what it was. It's their own program that went rogue. Now, Matoko is a cyborg, I guess you could say, but she is mostly machined at this point. And she is having a lot of issues with what does it mean to be human? Was I ever a human? Am I just a robot? Are my memories even real? She's having a crisis. And the Puppet Master, on the internet, you could say, or just in the information world, picks up on this, this sort of existential cry for help, and they are drawn to it. And they meet at the end of this movie. They've been drawn to each other. And the Puppet Master wants to be alive. And they have determined that to be alive means to reproduce and die. Not just copy yourself. That's an exact copy. It's not what reproduction is. Reproduction is two separate beings coming together to create a new one that is not 100% one or the other. Mm-hmm. That is how you have strength in evolution by constantly changing. And they propose to the major to merge and become one new being. And that's what they do at the end of this movie. They merge and become mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one new being. And she uh, is actually put into the body of a doll to kind of bring full circle some of the themes you were talking about earlier. She never blinks. She's like a doll kind of reinforcing the idea of a shell. Um, also, mm-hmm. she's been born again, so now she's a tiny child. So, I mean, I won't... The themes could go on and on, but as far as, like, plot right. details, that's what we're dealing with in this movie, this secret rogue program uh, that the government's trying to wash its hands of, and Section 12 is supposed to be taking it down, but instead they end up with Major merging with the program. When she when she came out at the end, that's where I got the, the Major... Um neo going back into the matrix at the end of the first movie and then like taking off and flying like yes it, it sets yeah, up like the, neo moment she has all these new powers the she can do anything and then boom no. the movie's over like what's gonna happen what can they do now yeah. in this world mm-hmm. yeah 
Neo, yeah. well, Neo had his Motoko yeah. moment. Let's, <laughs> right. let's be That's honest. Right. Yeah, so, so, I mean, in a way, like, Motoko got exactly what she was wa- what she wanted in the end. Um, I mean, she was obviously reluctant while they were, you know, while, uh, what is it, the Puppet Master Project 2501 was talking to her about his plans and merging with her and everything, but he kind of convinced her in a way, because when he was talking about, like, you know, life perpetuates itself through diversity. If you strive to be exactly the same, then, you know, you'll never, you'll never achieve anything. So I feel like that whole talk with 2501 is kind of what convinced her. Um, and it seemed, well, I, and I guess it, I'm, they leave it ambiguous whether it was Matoko's choice or not to merge with him. Like, I don't know if he did it by force or like she consented to it, but um, in the end, she, it seems like she got what she wanted. I've always read it as she agreed, but you're right. It's not explicit. You could definitely read it different ways. Um, But yeah, I feel like another, uh, something else that I was thinking about while I was watching this um, is obviously the idea of free will. Free will is what, you know, a big thing that makes us humans, especially Um, not necessarily living beings, but like humans, that's part of human nature is free will. Um, And I was thinking the entire time, like, we only see Matoko while she's like on the job. Does she have a personal life? Is she just I owned know. by I know that too. Is she owned by Sector Nine? Is she owned by the you know the police department? Um, and that's I'm per, I'm, per, I'm sure that's a major reason why she was having these you know thoughts about like you know who am I? What is the meaning of all of this? Um, she kind of there's a lot of references she has like when she's diving she makes a reference about coming back to the surface and does she mention being reborn there being someone else she she imagines yeah. she's coming up as someone else and that and shot mirrors the movie opens like we said earlier like the west world thing with the mm-hmm. body being created and it lifts up through the surface and this is exactly what she does coming up from the water it mirrors that shot at the mm-hmm. beginning of the body being okay. created that makes well, sense. okay yeah and her and uh her and Bato have that conversation on the boat there, and that's the dump some exposition there, but she kind of has like a bit of a realization and you kind of find out what her motives are there, which is a it's a good scene. Like you can mm, see yeah. some of those shots are super dramatic where she's standing in front of the city or whatever and you got that huge, huge thing going on behind her. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I love it's one of my favorite scenes in that movie, that boat and the scene that comes right after it, but her rising up through the water, and then you got a POV shot of her looking through her goggles at the sky, and mm-hmm. there's, like, hmm. drops of water on her goggles, and hmm. the clouds yeah. through the drops of water are, like, obscured like they would be in real life, but this is an animated film. Like, they animated that. They animated an yeah. obscure cloud through a, a water drop. It's just the detail uh, Yeah, is I was thinking some so of the same cool. things. Like, I, it's easy to draw comparisons uh, to Akira because they both are beautiful beautifully animated uh looking movies but yeah especially the shot the boat and then the like the establishing shots of the city like we were talking about i mean that was that was a relatively long scene with the song and there was like no dialogue no nothing it was just showing the city showing you know these different shots and i thought it was really effective uh and showing the setting and in one of the scenes she sees someone like a woman through the window through a window that someone that looks exactly like her. I love that so um, much. 
which was another moment for her like that confuses her even more like who am i that that person up there looks exactly like me like right. she's losing her, herself her sense of self and her and sense of there's, identity there's no words they don't explain it is she just seeing things is that really another shell that happens looking I just exactly assumed like it was the like the model? same shell yeah yep yep it's it's uh yeah of course that would give you an existential crisis like your entire appearance is just a generic off the factory line shell <laughs> you know mm-hmm. the movie has such an interesting pace because it, it it could be a criticism because it it throws a lot of information at you at once whether it's like the plot with the programmer, the puppet master programmer seeking political asylum and the diplomat yeah. getting murdered at the beginning. And it's yeah. like, what is going on here? Or that scene we're talking about right now with the boat where they're like, well, Section 12 owns most of our body. If we were to retire or try to leave, we would be left with very little. Would we even be ourselves? There's big existential stuff. And mm-hmm. then it takes these pauses. Dave, you mentioned this earlier. Like, it'll go five plus minutes with no dialogue, just music and beautiful shots of the city and it just lets you just sit there and think like it just threw all the stuff at you and now you just get to sit there and think and look at this beautiful Mm -hmm. city it's the city is like dirty and beautiful at the same time like all the walls Mm -hmm. have like this grime to them but it still looks gorgeous there's like Mm -hmm. 50 signs (laughs) colorful signs in Mm -hmm. every single shot like it's so cool but yeah it, it, it has these big like pregnant pauses for you just to reflect. And it does it again going into the finale whenever she's going to confront the puppet master. It just stops and plays music and you see the helicopter flying through the city and the city at night and the the beautiful like lights, the windows in the city. And it just lets you think for a while and catch your breath and then jumps right back into the action. So it's an odd pace and I could see some people criticizing mm-hmm. it, but I, I think it's those, those good, slow though. moments are so good. Yeah, I think this movie is odd and that might sound like a negative thing but i think like odd can be good because if you look at the theme you kind of have like it's the way it's explaining it makes more sense to me now about like let's throw a boatload of information for you to think about this is like really heady stuff all right now relax and just look at beautiful artwork with like this <laughs> yeah let's crazy music you know because yeah. mm-hmm. like the the police story up until that point they're trying to catch the puppet master and they reach the dead end with the the garbage collector guy and the guy that was giving him the hacking oh, devices, yeah. and yep. they investigate that was, him, that was and cool, so their yeah. mind has been wiped, and they have no leads. And then they have a scene on the boat where they wonder what individuality is. And then we get a big long break. So like, well, wait, hold on, on that boat though, what was the? Why was she talking to herself? Well, that was so throughout the movie, she's talking about her ghost whispering to her. And we kind of think it might be she's talking about like her intuition, like she just has a gut feeling. But it's also implied that it is a literal whisper from the puppet master talking to her through herself by hacking into her mind and being her conscience. It's about to her hears it, right? Yeah. So like whenever there's that voice that they both hear on the boat. It's coming from her, but she didn't say it. It's it's the puppet yeah. master. Because because right. sometimes they talk with their mouths, right? And other times they yes. have some kind of speaker somewhere in their body. They're talking that... over Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Or just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just over the network. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So I didn't know like who the fuck just said that, and then he heard it. I'm like, okay, I thought that was her thought, 
But now I guess everybody can. Yeah. All right. Well, you save a couple bucks on animation. You don't got to animate their mouths. It's true. So yeah. It's no. the anime way. There's a scene. Yeah. That is very true. There's a shot in, in this could be a long, I, I'll try not to go on a big old tangent here, but I, I think it's kind of odd. And some people were like, oh, do you like anime? Do you enjoy anime? Because to me, anime is not really like a genre. Like it's not like horror, comedy, anime anime could be anything like ghost in the shell within anime there is yeah it's an anime is more of an art form than a than a genre hundred percent you can't just say japanese animation like oh you like pokemon you'll love akira like it doesn't work that way (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's genres under the umbrella of anime but style anime is designed by i'll just be blunt it's designed by like being cheap like that's where all of this look comes from it costs yeah the budgets are way way lower so they have to get creative and like uh you know western animation disney animation big bucks animation are uh, is most of the time you'll see it animated on the twos so 24 frames per second you'll have 12 drawings per second and it's nice fluid mm-hmm. and smooth but anime to save money they cut back on it so they'll animate on the threes or the fours or even the sixes so you're only getting maybe four to eight frames per second. And it gives it that signature, like, choppy or look. Or zero. <laughs> or zero. <laughs> like, the classic thing, like the Dragon Ball thing or the, the anime thing where a character jumps in the air and the background is just a solid color with lines flashing yep. to show how fast they're going and how intense it is. And it's so stylized, it's just to save money. That's like three frames in the background right. on loop. And the character is doing nothing <laughs> but, like, flexing their eyeball. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's all you got to animate. But... At the end, you have this like whole style born out of just working with your boundaries. And there's a scene I love in this movie where uh, Major and Batu are in an elevator. And it's after the puppet master uh, has, yeah. has been captured. And Yep. Yeah, they're leaving. Yep. Yeah. Major has one of her big like existential things. Like, you know, what does it mean? We're defined by our memories. But those could yeah, be Yeah, you don't know if your brain's... And- even have you seen it yeah yeah it's a few minutes long and it's just a still frame it's just them two in an elevator there's no movement except for their mouths it's just in the last a long time one drawing mouths moving it was a super cheap thing <laughs> to actually produce but it's very it's very important hey what's on your mind that robot did we seem similar to you of course not no i don't mean physically just what then Well, I guess cyborgs like myself have a tendency to be paranoid about our origins. Sometimes I suspect I'm not who I think I am. Like maybe I died a long time ago and somebody took my brain and stuck it in this body. Maybe there never was a real me in the first place and I'm completely synthetic like that thing. You've got human brain cells in that titanium shell of yours. You're treated like other humans, so stop with the angst. But that's just it. That's the only thing that makes me feel human. The way I'm treated. I mean, who knows what's inside our heads? Have you ever seen your own brain? It sounds to me like you're doubting your own ghost. What if a cyberbrain could possibly generate its own ghost, create a soul all by itself? And if it did, just what would be the importance of being human then? To go beyond that, there was, I was thinking it, because I was watching, I was watching this next to my wife, like on my laptop, and um, there was the scene where the puppet master was in, they captured it, they captured, you know, the shell. Shell, yeah. And he was talking, but he was talking through his, you know, his mind. Right. So it was just the still image of, you know, the shell on the screen for like a minute straight. 
So I have to, I was just wondering like what my wife was thinking. Like, it just looks like without hearing the sound, it just looks like you're looking at a still image, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because that's what it was. But no, there's, there's a couple, uh, a couple scenes like that. And like Dave said, like some of the scenes that to talk, they don't even have to move their mouths. So that's like, that's literally one frame. I don't think For sure. I get my wife's never watched the movie hundred like all the way through, but she always sure. seems to walk in when there's just like bare breasts on the screen, big old boobs, and then, yeah. and then a, a voiceover. Well, I warned my wife. I'm like, listen, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of boobs, anime boobs in this movie, but they're not in a sexual way. It's so art. <laughs> yeah, it's art. <laughs> I love that uh, that elevator scene though. I almost pulled my opening quote from that, but at the at the very end of it, because Major is again having an existential crisis. She's like, how do we even know? How do I even know I was a human at one point? How do I know where this came from? Right. And there's a big, long pause. And then Batu goes, hmm, bullshit. <laughs> and then <laughs> yes, off. yes. Just what would be the importance of being human then? <laughs> That's bullshit. You know you're dying to see what's inside of that thing, aren't you? And I can't stop you. I, Neither I, of us I has any it. idea what's so funny. It's funny, though, because that scene is, like you said, is like one frame of animation. But then <clears throat> you get some, like you said, the long the long animation scenes. You get like the, the fight where they chase down the garbage people out in the water. Yeah. Oh, like, that was so a super sick. cool or scene. Like the fight scene with the with the one guy, the original, uh, like who they thought was the puppet master, but he was really yeah. just a, a pawn in the whole scheme. Yeah. yeah like that. There's anime, a ton like, of stuff. They put the budget into those scenes, like yeah. that's where the that's where the animation, like the fight scenes, and you know some of the scenes at the end with the tank and everything. Yeah. Um, but they know they know when to use it. Despite all these shortcuts, I mean, the first thing we all said about this movie is it's gorgeous. Like it leaves an impression mm-hmm. on you. Like they find a way to stretch the dollar and, and make this unique style, it's and the colors gorgeous. pop so hard. It's Dude, beautiful. there's a shot near towards like the last third of the movie. It's it's like these kids with yellow umbrella, uh, yellow umbrellas, yeah, yeah. and they're just running in the rain. And just that shot to me, I don't know why that one specifically caught my eye, but it's just something extremely beautiful about that shot. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the yellow umbrellas, but like the movie, it's when you see this shit on TV, it's just so otherworldly but familiar and with the music and the movement it's like you're in a trance at least i was having this experience yeah. man but like and it was late but like i was just like i was checked out in the story i was like i'll have to watch this again because i can't keep up i'm so confused and i think that's on purpose but i enjoyed visually like i didn't take any notes man i as soon as the movie started just the way they were pacing and showing you clips of the action in the beginning, I was hooked. And when that happens, like, ah, alright, whatever, I'm not taking notes. I'm just gonna Right, it's hard to this. take notes during this yeah. movie. Yeah, especially when there's so much to look at. Like, uh, so, I feel like... Go ahead. Uh, someone gets assassinated, like, in the first scene in the movie. So it's a big action scene, but you don't know what's going on. You don't know mm-hmm. why he's seeking political asylum. But you notice, like a briefcase turns into a machine gun and you notice like that was cool. major falls past the window and she's turning invisible and she waves her hand in front of her face and turns invisible. Like the visuals Dude, that is so stand out cool. and you're like, okay, yeah. I don't know what's happening, but that was like one of the most iconic shots I've ever seen in my life. So I'm, I'm in. 
that's that's the shot you uh, think so of yeah. when you think of this movie 100%. you know when she's flipping backwards off the building and yep goes transparent yeah her absolutely. design is pretty cool too like she's a big muscular woman she's fairly large and she's designed to be that way but she, like the hair and all that stuff like i, mm-hmm. I she, it's like she's aged well you know yeah like, I don't know. The props to the design, but I I don't know. Did she look like that in the original comics? Maybe it's a she's most other iterations. She's actually a little bit more. I'm gonna use the word sexualized. You know, I don't think it's the I don't think it's the intention. But like, yeah. if you watch mm-hmm. the series, which is um, I wish I heard. I should. I heard yeah, if you like the movie that the series is actually really good because it yeah. fleshes out just more of her story. Stand this. Which one is the question? Okay, standalone yeah. complex is the one most people are talking okay. about. And it's two long seasons and shout out to the series it's called standalone complex right and at the beginning of every episode it tells you if it is a standalone episode or a complex episode if it's a standalone episode the entire story is going to be resolved in that episode if it's a complex episode it's feeding into the overall this reminds me of like it's uh, very cool how they organize it well another matrix reference it sounds like the animatrix a little bit Oh yeah, they had those same same type of things. Like most of them were standalone, but there was some that had implications, yeah. you know, for the larger Matrix story. So. You're reminding oh, that me is of really something. Cool. So uh, I don't know, but like the the guy who does the voice of the oh puppet master, the anti- puppet master. Thank yeah. you. Is that the same guy who also is the architect in? Matrix. In it's Matrix not the same guy, but I. It's funny that, that I was thinking that that voice Shut did sound from like it was a I, yeah. I that was probably the best voice in the dub for sure. Yeah. Sixes reactive barriers. However, what you are now witnessing is an act of my own free will. As a sentient life form, I hereby demand political asylum. Is this a joke? Ridiculous! It's programmed for self-preservation. It can also be argued that DNA is nothing more than a program designed to preserve itself. Life has become more complex in the overwhelming sea of information. And life, when organized into species... You watch this, and then you watch The Matrix, and you see how heavily they lift. The story goes that they told Joel Silver, the producer on The Matrix, they handed him a copy of Ghost in the Shell and said, we want to make this, but for real. Yes. And it's not yep. the exact same like plot story, but the themes, the concepts, the visuals. And you go back and watch The Matrix and Morpheus talks like an anime character. Like you just listen to like yeah. his cadence and stuff. 100%. Yeah, like that's, dude. you know, huh. do you think that's air you're breathing now? Like that's the, that even keeled, almost robotic tone that he has. And the architect is another character that talks very much like the puppet master or like, like an anime character that's doing this big kind of dry information dump but still in an interesting way and yeah that's the the matrix really is an anime come to life i mean there's other influences besides ghost in the shell in there but most of its dna is coming from this movie oh yeah oh yeah absolutely um yeah i mean (laughs) where do we want to go from here there's there i feel like there's there's so much there is a a ghost in the shell 2.0 which came out in the early 2000s uh yeah i was was so nervous that i was gonna watch the wrong movie because from an outsider i know ghost in the shell is a series but i also know it's like a comic and I, i just know it's all these things but like which one and i go on google and it says 
1995, Wikipedia, 1996. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to watch the one that's like a year later or something like that. Oh, so this does kind of sound like what you were talking about, Brandon. Kind of like a remaster-ish sort of thing. Yes. Like a, yeah. They they redid the anime, not 100% redid the anime. They recolorized the movie. They added more CG. They just altered the, the look a little bit. And there are some Ghost in the Shell purists that would say, that version is garbage. Don't watch it. Blasphemy. <laughs> Ultimately, yeah, I prefer the original. But, like, after I've seen this 10 times, however many times, like, it's cool to... I've also watched the 2.0, and it's cool to see it with a fresh coat of paint and with different visuals, and it's more okay. yellow instead of green. That's cool. More CG. All of it looks good. It's just a different presentation of the same movie. But I bring it up because they did... It looks like re... Well, this is probably the... the they redid some of the voicing. Um, okay. In the at oh. least in the Japanese language, they gave the puppet master a different voice, but it looks like the English cast is all the same. So nothing new there. The but yeah, they, so they messed with the the audio, the voices a uh, a little bit. And I do know that the and we've already talked about the English dub. The acting's a little stiff. We we got that, but it's I I do commend it because it's not like a literal translation of the Japanese text, like sometimes, or Japanese words. Because sometimes when you translate too literally, just kind of like culturally, things come off sounding very oh, strange yeah, and stilted. Dude. So they do a good job of like putting things in terms that Americans understand, like calling someone a dickhead. <laughs> but Right. Well, you know what was really weird in the Amazon version? If you turned on the subtitles, I it did. was the subtitles for the Japanese there was two movies Voice going version. on at the same what? time. It was, it was it, yeah, dude. The subs and the dubs do not the line subs, up. The subs hmm. went with the Japanese version, but the English version is not this. You know, it's not the same dialogue, so well, it was very weird. Gonna do anybody any any good? Yeah, no, and then just type, and the subs have like typos. Yeah, it's wild. I was it was very <laughs> distracting for sure, but you know it all adds to that weird kind of you know. Well, like, look, at this movie Ghost has. in the Shell in 4K, the 4K Blu-ray combo pack is available at Best Buy, $13.99. Nice. Ooh, nice. Nice price. Check it out. Nice. Watch it properly. Uh, but um, <laughs> what I was saying about the, the English dub and translation and writing, and there's a there's a whole, like, segment on it in the special features of the, of the release. They did add one of the best jokes of the movie which is at the very end when Major is trying to take down that tank. And we'll talk about that in a second because the, the art there is gorgeous. But Batu shows up and saves the day and he like blasts a big hole in the tank with this giant gun. And he goes yes. down there and he's like, she's like, how'd you do that? He's like, oh, it's just a standard issue big gun. <laughs> and that's that's only in the English dub, calling it a standard issue big gun that uh, reminds me like of doom bfg yeah that's yeah. exactly. fucking gun. and he just delivers like, it so it, dryly it's it's so funny. yeah and he's like i had to go and get it that's why i wasn't here yeah <laughs> it's just like okay i'm like how are you feeling you're right she's like ripped in the head i can can you actually explain that scene to me so you're just teasing that what, like the, the whole the tank, tank scene? scene so talk walk yes yeah, so, like go over the yeah. tank scene but explain to me why she did what she did please so I, yeah i'm just a dummy Major has figured it all out at this point. She knows that they are trying to destroy the Puppet Master because it's a rogue program that they want to sweep under the rug. So she is rushing to get to it before they can get to it and destroy it because she wants to, what she says, dive into the Puppet Master. Mm -hmm. She wants to meet the Puppet Master and have a conversation with it and figure out why it's been whispering to her. 
The puppet and master. She, well, she sees the. I mean, like we said before. I mean, she sees the similarities between her and him, or yeah, them, whatever. Right. Uh, but that's why she. Yeah, that's exactly why she wanted to. She wanted to get more answers. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's being okay. protected by this big tank, and she just she throws everything she has at. She she shoots it so she runs out of ammo. And then she goes camo and just tries to just rip it apart. She tries to rip open the top to get to the guys. Well, it seems she... like her plan, she knew her gun couldn't do any damage. So she was trying to avoid it until the tank ran out of ammo. Right. Because she, you know, when it does, she's like, oh, finally, you know. And then that's when she can use her camo and make her move to, you know, get up to the, the operator. Yeah. What was her move? Rip it till her body falls apart? And then it's her, to get the <laughs> it's her one her chance. It's her, it's her one chance. She's like, either so either she, I'm yeah, going to rip open the door she, and stop it, or well, she didn't have any other. She didn't have any other weapons or anything to use against it, so she just had to, she had to use her body. So she failed, technically, but yeah. it did become a distraction because Batu shows up with a giant-ass weapon and yeah. just blows yep. holes into it. Yep. Yeah, it's just her, okay. her, her last... It just shows, like, how... The only thing that mattered to her was getting to the Puppet Master. She would die trying to get to it. She just... She right. feels empty. She feels like the answer. The Puppet Master has it. I'm gonna give this literally everything I have. And it's visualized with and it makes... her muscles ripping through her skin and her arms getting ripped off. <laughs> that and that was... beautiful it shot of her getting, like, ripped yeah. apart. Yeah, ripped apart, yeah. Oh, And it makes, and it, makes it, it feel oh, like... So um, beautiful, yeah. It really makes it feel like the shells are disposable, like they don't really matter. That's not what yeah. the important thing here is. It's, you know, the ghost, what's inside of it, um, which is, you know, apparent throughout the entire movie. But okay, um, so, but she wanted to get answers directly, get the yes. puppet master out, get linked up, and then go. But then it seems like she doesn't know what to expect. And she he's, didn't have a plan up, up more to powerful, that point. technically, right? Because he's just... Right. He he is just like a, a sentient being in like a cyber version, right? So he he takes over her body, but they like they swap bodies, or I didn't like why did they do it the way they did? Like I was just getting well, she confused. transferred she transferred her ghost to his body, and then he transfer he transferred his back, and then at the, they were swapped, and you know, so that's kind of how they were connected, I guess. Okay, and he was just saying that like if you let me. We'll, we'll merge this is what mm -hmm. i'm about and this is what we're trying to do and this yeah, is she, like for us to this the future for our kind is that this. was his ultimate goal too like to get to her and yep. that's right. you know they both ended up where they wanted to be and he gave his explanation of why they should merge and he yeah. ended up doing it ultimately like the climax of this movie like we have the big action scene we have the big tank but ultimately the climax is just a long monologue about conversation what it means yeah. to be alive what what life means what it means to reproduce and they're in this I, I guess it's a museum i'm not quite sure what the big building is but the yeah the art on the wall that gets shot up with the machine gun is like the tree of evolution it's showing like I saw that. evolution That's of nice life mm -hmm. up until mm -hmm. humans and they shoot it all the way up and like this is the next step in evolution as humans merge oh. with machines what does it mean to reproduce when you're a machine? And that's what they come to the conclusion. This is giving me, I don't think any of you, I don't know, Chris, maybe you have, I don't think these guys have, but I was thinking like of Evangelion Ooh, a little bit. Ooh, I love the that show. Time. Yeah, I've oh, that. Brandon, you've seen Evangelion yeah. before? Um, yep. But yeah, it's, 
it's similar themes. It's more religious than this, um, more religious yeah. overtones than this. But um, yeah, it was very, very similar vibes. Chris, if you liked this and have never seen Evangelion, you should definitely, definitely check it out. Is this a series or movie? Yes. Um, it has Neon, Gen- Neon series, Genesis but... Evangelion, like the original series. Okay. Uh, I know if you like this, definitely similar, similar vibes. Well, yeah. definitely. That was the first anime I ever watched. Actually, I just like the artwork. I'm like, what is this? And I watched it. I'm like, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good throw. I forgot about that one. Um, what are you thinking over there, Dave? Oh, nothing. I was just looking at artwork <laughs> from the movie. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it's stunning to see. Like, it, it makes me want to see. I mean, I guess it wasn't terribly well received, but the the remake with Scarlett Johansson in it. it Makes me want to kind of bring see it and kind of it's... compare and contrast the the differences and how they like because while it's still fresh in my head because I'm assuming they're redoing a lot of the same shots from the movie probably a lot less nipples but you know they're still <laughs> right. all the same shots it's, it's worth seeing because yeah it's 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 gorgeous it looks awesome and you're right they do I reproduce gotta... a lot of shots from the movie but the plot is entirely different. So oh, all, really? all yeah, all the shots you see reproduced have completely different context. The story is original to that movie. Like this movie huh. pulls from the manga and adds its own stuff. Yeah, uh, that movie is just it's a it's not great. The movie's not great, but uh, the visuals <laughs> are. It's worth seeing for the visuals. Like if you enjoy this movie, well, I... it's cool seeing just like a live action version of a lot of these scenes. But yeah, the context is totally different. There's there's nothing you watch this movie you've got a lot to talk about right i mean you, you've got this you know philosophies to talk about and existential mm-hmm. crisis stuff you watch that movie and it's it's just a summer summer popcorn yeah, movie yeah 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 they strip all of that away like the the opening Hot. texts are like your mind or a ghost and then your body also known as a shell like they're just they're literally explaining the concept of ghost and shell oh. in the opening text in the movie oh, man. and <laughs> yeah i won't tell you what the plot's about it's, it's such a it's pretty simple but i mean it's such a cool such a cool world to build like i don't know why you would want to veer from that so it it plays up i, I it, i'm gonna sound so like snobby but like there's the the stereotype that like Hollywood makes really dumb action movies. And it feels like they had to like dumb down the movie for American audiences, which is not true. Like there's smart American movies out there and American audiences can handle it. But oftentimes that's usually that's, that's what they do. That's exactly what happens there. But yeah, they recreate a lot of scenes like the fight, in like you know the one foot of water like they have with the guy at the end yeah. of the garbage truck mm-hmm. they recreate that That's fight cool. again different context but they you see like an invisible scarlett johansson running through water it's 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 pretty cool well yeah I, yeah it's definitely probably i'll get in there if it's streaming i was somewhere. gonna bring that up for you specifically chris just to promote your show a little bit you're focusing on remakes and reboots for the month you know September, maybe. so i was gonna ask you you know maybe you could do Ghost in the Shell reboot. For the first, you know, the first 59 episodes of Best of the Rest, we were um, a comic book podcast uh, or comic book movies was our, was our theme. And this, that was on the list because technically in a roundabout way, it's based on a manga. Um, but yeah, we can still get around to it. Like it qualifies. So maybe, maybe we'll do it in September. <laughs> uh, at some point, we'll probably get around to it though, because it would be nice to talk about, you know, most people, you ask about that Scarlett Johansson movie, they're 
no, don't even bother watching, dude. Watch the original anime. And I mean, yeah, if you're going to watch one, make it the original. <laughs> right. But it's a gorgeous movie. There's some cool scenes. There's some positives. There's some good stuff in there. So we could we could definitely touch on it. But it, it's a the Ghost in the Shell world is a big world to jump into. There's, of course, the manga, like I mentioned. There's this movie. This movie has a direct sequel called Ghost in the Shell Innocence. That is very good. Picks up after the events of this movie. And then there's the standalone complex series that we talked about. That's a, its own timeline. And then that timeline has a movie. And then there's Ghost in the Shell Arrive, which is its own adaptation of the movie. Oh so it's I saw there was a bunch of video games, too. Yeah, I haven't touched I was, any of those. I was yeah, there's, thinking there's about that, that during this. I've never really seen a Ghost in the Shell game. Like, when was the last one released? Uh, Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex First Assault Online was a free-to-play Sounds online horrible. first-person shooter. Uh, yeah, there's a 20, there's a 2004 standalone complex, oh. there's a 2004 and 2005 standalone complex video game, but that, it's uh, like 20 years old though, online almost. shooter was a 2017 game, which huh. I doubt it's, I doubt it's uh, active anymore, but cause this there was r- ripe for like a third person character action yes, game, dude. like a, you know, not like Assassin's Creed, well, but you there know. was a third person shooter released in 1997 on PlayStation. 97. Ghost in the Shell. Yep. Which that looks like mud right now, but honestly, <laughs> yeah, I was original, looking at screenshots of it, and it does not look that bad. Is like it, it looks kind of cool, and I kind of want to three D. Kind of want to play it. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, it's like a third person, third person action game. Huh. Um, well, I yeah. think it's... I think Major should at least she should be making appearances. Like, put her in Tekken, put her in Mortal Kombat. Like, get oh, her. Be cool. yeah. She's a cool ass character, man. She like, is a her cool and Batu are like great. They look cool. The things they do, the life they live. Put her in Smash Brothers. I want to see more Batu. <laughs> like Batu is, uh, give us yeah. some more of him too. I like yeah. the the that there's just the two. Like I just like that. I mean, there's the other guy with the mullet, <laughs> the more human. Yeah. One, What's his name? He... Uh, to what is it? He had a Togusa. family. Togusa. 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 Yeah. Togusa, yeah. Right. yeah uh, Batu is actually the main character of the sequel. Uh, Ghost Shell Innocence is. Ooh. He's the oh, main nice. character there. So you get a lot. If you like Batu, you get a lot more of him. And his dog in the sequel. At the One end, thing he's, I did, he stays on the police force, right? And she yeah. goes off and does her own thing. So, right. yeah, okay. yeah. And she factors. One thing in I did like about uh, you have to see it uh, about Togus's character. I feel like we haven't mentioned him at all. Is he? I mean, he uses his old school revolver because yep. uh, Batu makes a comment. He's like, you know, you would uh, you would have put two tracking bolts in the in that car if you used an automatic. And he's like, ah, I'm sticking to my old trusty revolver yeah and major you know i thought that was cool major gives him trouble too she's like i know you're worried about it jamming but it's my ass on the line out there so use an automatic all right (laughs) right (laughs) right exactly but i one thing that you'll you know if you watch this movie and over again like i have every single conversation matters and Mm -hmm. has a purpose Mm -hmm. thematically and the, the, mm-hmm. this movie is like 80 minutes. It's less than 90 minutes. It's it's very short, but it's One so short. Hour 22. It's, it's okay. It's so dense. And there's a conversation. Definitely no wasted scenes at all. At all. Sure. Even like the quiet scenes that let you take a breath, you know, and, and concentrate. That's where we have that shot of Major seeing the woman that looks just like her. Like there's still stuff in there that matters and feeds into the themes. But she has a conversation with Tokusa in the van. Uh, yeah. Same time she talks about the I guns, like that. and he's like, "Why did you even bring me on to this force? I'm I'm just a human. I'm just like a cop." And she's like, "Well, you have a different perspective, and our team yes. needs different perspectives 
Otherwise, mm-hmm. we will grow weak because the more you specialize, the more you grow a weakness. Like if everybody has the same strengths, they also have the same weaknesses. So we need these different viewpoints to become stronger. And that is exactly what the puppet master is telling you at yep. the very end. You can't just <laughs> exactly. duplicate yourself. You have to merge oh. and grow mm-hmm. and change in a dynamic yeah. environment. And oh, fuck, man. so like nice. she knew that all along. She just didn't know she knew that. You know, she was telling Togusa about the team, how to make it strong. And that's what puppet master is telling her about life itself at the very end of the movie that was an interesting scene too because it was right after the two politicians were like straight face talking to each other and that there's not a lot to it but it's still an interesting scene it's just the guy driving and she's putting on boots in the back of the van while they're driving somewhere but like even just that little bit of animation while they're having this conversation goes a real long way yeah it's kind of cool to see Mm-hmm. I love the yeah, little absolutely. touches of stuff that like you know, I mentioned earlier, like there's the briefcase that turned into guns in the beginning. Yeah. And then a couple of times we see someone get shot with a bullet and they just explode from the inside. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what happened. You see their bones and everything. Was that the guy it's... in the car? I was wondering what happened there, too. Yeah. I don't know what happened guy. to him. Yeah. Uh, Basu did that. He shot him through the window because he's, he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, why did he explode? Yeah. 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 <laughs> there are some sweet guns, man. Yeah. I don't right. Know. Right. Like, like yeah. the. The guy that goes up to the computer and he's got the cybernetic fingers, they turn into like little spider robot so things awesome. and he's mm-hmm. typing super like. Oh, I just love that. That, that cool, cool like noir. I love future cyberpunk like technology. technology. Yeah. 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 I need to enhance yeah. my fingers Grimy. so I can argue on the internet better. <laughs> <laughs> Type 10 times as fast. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're coming up on an hour here. Do we want to have our uh, just our closing thoughts, comments, all that good stuff? I just love when I see a movie like this. You hear about these movies. Oh, you got to see it. Oh, you know, like it, it, it's very influential. But when you actually get around to seeing it and watching it, turn the phone off, sit and just soak it in. And even even though I am, I don't know, things went just over my head parts of this movie. And I, I you know, maybe that's common, but it's just it's a feeling that you get. It's like I get. I get this one. I felt like, the same way done, when I watched Akira, you know? Yeah, Akira. I hold this up there. I think I probably edge out Akira a little bit more because the artwork in that is just bonkers. Oh, yeah. But I think this one makes me think more. Like, Akira, I didn't oh, yeah. really think much after it. I was just like, what the hell did I just watch? Yeah, there was, yeah, there was a lot yeah, a lot going on. But oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I agree with that, Brandon. Like, even on your first watch, even if you don't understand everything that's happening especially with all the the dense like political stuff that's going on in the background. Um, but getting like the main themes and like you said, just seeing it um, is a treat. You know, it's like they don't they don't make shit like this anymore. You know, it, my it's, fucking it's eyes were like all over the screen, just like looking as much as I could <laughs> in that 15, 10 second shot or something like, man, yeah, especially man, those drew all this just, just to have, just to have, they just drew that. They did all that reflect. Like one guy like walked out of a building and something like reflection showed on his glasses. Yeah. It's just like, they thought like, Hey, all right, here's a scene. All right. Guy's going to walk out. All right, great. And he's going to wear glasses. All right, great. So I know I'm going to have to like do the reflections. Like they know what they're adding when they add these filler scenes. And it's just bonkers how much energy they put into these, these, I don't know. They look like paintings, man. There's a shot where oh, Togusa yeah. pulls up in his car after seeing talking about earlier where Batsu shoots the guy and he explodes in his car. And Togusa yeah. sitting in his car and there's police sirens there. And you can see Togusa through the windshield. But as the police siren 
like the red light comes around, the windshield turns red. And then as it goes away, you see Togusa again and it kind of fades back and forth. And oh, like you see man, this windshield and cool. it's like these little de- like they didn't have to do that, but those little details like just kind of like sell you on the environment and just make it so gorgeous. And I'm always fascinated by light in animation because it's not really light. It's just right. colors that they make you think of light. Like there's a bus that drives at the quote unquote camera at one point and the headlights yeah, go ex- across. The exact scene I was thinking of. Yeah. And it's like, that's not really a light, but like they're making us feel that way it with the art. So yeah. And of course, so you know, talk about Akira. I mean, that's the signature thing. And that is the master you know, of light. And, yeah. Leaving the streaks as they drive by. And it's like, man, that is just some, gorgeous and you think about that the time that they they do it is what really makes it impressive like all this stuff holds up it looks great today but doubly so when you think about when it came out like yeah akira you know you see the motorcycle slide you've seen that 50 times since then but that is the first that's where it comes from that's the og baby or mm-hmm. ghost in the shell we don't think much about them like jacking into the internet but this was 1995. Like the concept of like plugging your consciousness into the mm-hmm. internet is the internet was like like three four years old. I know it's just like oh or man, like they're I know. they're tracking the garbage truck and you see like a, a map yep. of the city yes. with a little marker. It's GPS. Like, GPS didn't right. exist yes. back GPS. then, but it's right. looks just like what GPS would look like years later. And it's just it's it's wild how yeah. ahead of ahead and of like the time it's tricky when, when 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 you do like technology in the 80s and 90s because not always kind of pans out like everybody thought we had fucking flying cars and shit you know hoverboards and cloning yeah. and tele- hoverboards and teleporters and stuff like that no you know yeah but like yeah i like the little things like that like that gps like all the internet stuff that you're talking about the way they talked about it with uh it, it uh what they were talking about encrypted messages and stuff like that. I'm like, man, this is like what we'd mm-hmm. sound like today. Yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you mentioned it earlier, Brandon. But like, I mean, even though we haven't we haven't seen this movie before, it's still it feels familiar. Like it's almost like you it's been inspired or, you know, it's inspired so many different things that it does. It feels familiar and it and it almost feels, you know, comfortable just sinking into it and watching it because of all these familiar concepts and familiar technology. And yeah, it's, it's really good. Can't wait to watch it again. Mm-hmm. We're all cyborgs. Even, to, <laughs> even today, we all have a phone in our pocket. We're all it's talking true. through the internet. We all deal with screens We're all jacked and stuff in. every day. If we could have something, if we could have a contact lens in our right eye that gave us the internet. Fuck. We'd all have it. Like, I mean, no. maybe we're maybe we're, we're little cyborgs. Maybe maybe your organs right now are machines. Have you ever seen your own liver? You don't know. You don't no. know. It's true. Can you even trust you your know. own memories? What if those were well, placed there? I, so like that guy, right? He has false memories, and like yeah. we can't do anything about that. I love that. Like their technology isn't perfect. Like ah, like we wish it's, we could. It's but terrifying. It's, you're gonna it's live terrifying. with this right. fake life of having a daughter and a wife. You yeah. are alone. You have well, no I wife think and kids. That's hard. Batu says this at one point. All the experiences that a human accumulates in a lifetime is a drop in the bucket. Oh, Jesus. That's got to be a... Then that's a nod. He said that. I missed that because that's a nod to the tears lost in the rain. Lost in the rain. Tears in the rain. Right? From uh, the Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right? Right. All these Mm -hmm. memories being lost like tears in the rain. Yep, that's yeah, that's got to be. I mean, it was. I don't know what the obviously the original line was in uh, the Japanese dialogue, but that was the English dub. So, no, that I think that kind of uh, that sums up this movie for sure. 
But yeah. yeah, if there's nothing Good else. Good suggestion, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad, glad, I'm glad you guys it all enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely glad to have you back. Um, but your time here is not over yet. After, oh. <laughs> after we come back from our break, we're going to play a little game. So Ooh. stay tuned for that. So threatening. Yeah. <laughs> Don't You're leave. not going anywhere. <laughs> doing a classic here classic with the guests but we're doing video game 20 questions this time since we all love video games here so um i guess that let the questioning begin okay did this video game come out after the year 2000 yes it did did it come out after 2010 yes it did Is this game an exclusive? No. Is it part of a franchise? Yes. Is it the first game in a franchise? No. Is this a single player game? Okay, interesting. Yes. Yeah, I guess. All right, hold on a Is second. the main story, like main campaign? Can you play it single player? The main story. You, this is the same question. I just want to try this to This is the same question. Just clarification? Okay, yes. The answer to that question is yes. All right, so you can play this game by yourself. There's a campaign. Okay, all right, that's fine. So Elden Ring is like a game that makes that weird, right? Or not Elden Ring, but maybe Dark Souls, where like there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of games. Games that, that have like of... weird, like um, some racing games have ghosts racing in it. Uh, yeah. Do you kill oh. things in this game? Hmm. <laughs> That's a hard question. Um. All right, so it's not Call of Duty, think... Halo, Resident Evil. I think and it's not a racing uh, game or a sports game or, or anything like that because like that's that's honestly that's a tough question um i'll say no hmm to the third person perspective no all right where are we at on questions you got eight questions Left? 
No, no, no. You've oh, asked okay. me a question. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. That went by so fast. It's not exclusive. Part of a franchise after 2010. Don't kill things. I feel like we got to nail the genre down a bit. But that's... Tough. If you're not, yeah, not killing things... It's not, it's not third like person. A, not a Minecraft. It's not a shooter. Because that's all you do. Um, is why would it not be Minecraft? Well, like because you kill stuff. Game. Yeah, and it's a franchise, but not the first game in a franchise. Oh, yeah. Um, is this a puzzle game? Yes. Oh, David, interesting. Mm-hmm. Puzzle game. In Whenever a, a line disappears in Tetris, are you killing those blocks? That's, that's the <laughs> you completed a Tetris. <laughs> I think that's what a Tetris is. Is the murdered squares? They go straight to hell. Yes. <laughs> Puzzle game. Interesting. Puzzle game after twenty ten. Puzzle game. franchise. Well, we have Tetris is in there. Is it? Uh, okay, uh, Dave, Brandon, how would I word this? Uh, do you have like a person? Uh, I'm not asking the question yet. Do you have like a, a person that you control, or is it like Tetris where there's just blocks? How would you ask that? Question? Right, yeah, like it's about the perspective. I was just thinking about that too. Like, Portal is a puzzle game, but it's a first person game, you know. But then there's also Tetris, uh, yeah. right? So, how do we want to distinguish? Do you control an avatar? Would that be how you ask that? Yeah, yeah, are you, right. yeah, or just yeah. a shell? I mean, I want to help you, but a shell. Do you control a character? Is it? Is probably the the question. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's my question. Do you control yeah. a character? Yes. Okay. Well, could it be Portal Two? Does that fit everything? It could be. I mean, well, we don't. We haven't single. I mean, do you kill things in Portal? Maybe that's why he was questioning. Yeah, you flip robots. robots over and they deactivate. Nothing's really yeah. being killed, and you don't really kill Gladys. Okay, so what question could we ask? To... Interesting. We said it's not third person. I guess we haven't asked if it's first person yet. Do you want to? Yeah, is it first person? Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Puzzle first person. Okay. And Portal 2 does have a multiplayer mode, which could have gave him pause when we asked that question earlier. And Gladys is sentient. Just like... I'm not ready to ask if it is Portal 2, but that's yeah. at the forefront of my thoughts right now. Like um, the witness, I guess, is another. But I don't think Eric would pick that. But that's not a franchise. Oh, it's not a franchise. You're right. But Portal and Portal Two, and Portal Bridge Construction and all that shit. It is single player and. But he was weird about like that because he he didn't say no. So Portal Two has co-op. Uh, when did they get? They definitely came out in 2010. So okay, what can we ask Portal. that can eliminate that or lock it in? Yeah. Uh, oh, like the up. console generation. Did it come out during the PS3, Xbox 360 era? Yes. Does this uh, does this game have co-op in it then? Yes. Okay. Does the main well, okay, hold on. Shell is the name of the oh, first. Yeah, you son of a bitch. 
Oh, I wonder if he's doing that too. Is this a Valve game? <laughs> yes. No, hold on. Be, be very careful. So it's definitely the Portal <laughs> series. It, it's it's got to be Portal, Portal 2. 2, right? It has uh, to be Portal 2. I don't know. Is this the second right. game of a... He's, he said oh, it's not see. the first game of the franchise. He said it's not the first. So what else could it be besides Portal 2? It's... I mean, come on. It, it, <laughs> is this Portal 2? Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was very uh, clever. We got uh, quicker than I thought. Listen, you guys gave me all the credit for coming up with the cleverness of that. I didn't... I just saw Portal 2 and I was like, okay, that sounds cool. <laughs> oh, the character... That was a coincidence? Wow. Oh, that was awesome. a complete coincidence. Oh, that's funny. A game about no, robots with a character worked out. shell. That's, uh, it worked out good. very well. I guess it was like a subconscious thing. I was Maybe. Like, yeah, Portal 2 sounds good. Yeah. Your ghost was whispering to you. Yeah. My ghost was whispering to me, <laughs> yes. No, good job. Good job, guys. You got that 15 question. I mean, you padded it out, making sure that you got it right. But 15 yeah. questions. Good job. No, when Brandon was like, puzzle games you know because he got like portal and, uh, <laughs> trying so hard not to <laughs> react so hard not to react yeah no but uh good job good game of video game 20 questions um once again chris thank you very much for joining this and bringing ghost in the shell to us to watch for the very first time um i'll definitely be watching it again in the future definitely definitely left a lasting impression on me for grab sure. grab that 4K if you got a 4K player or, or get it digitally in 4K if you can the new version, uh, the new 4K versions from Lionsgate. So if you're buying it mm. on Vudu or whatever, where you buy you know Apple, wherever you buy your digital movies, look for the Lionsgate version or just get the the physical copy just to be safe. But it uh, they did a great job transferring it and making those colors pop in HDR. But yeah, thanks for having me. I love this movie. This is the most I've been able to talk about it with anybody, and uh, I'm. I'm glad I got it out of my <laughs> out of my system. And, yeah, we needed you uh, on I'll... here for this one, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely helped for, to break down break down everything for us for sure. Helped a lot. Um, but yeah, glad to have you. Uh, so with that, I will do all of our plugs here. So if you want to follow us, you can follow us at Nomads of Fantasy on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us Nomads of Fantasy at gmail.com with any ideas for topics games all that good stuff you can visit the nomadsoffantasy.com for all your nomad needs mm. and i think that's about it you can hop in the discord at the nomadsoffantasy.com slash discord if you want to chat with us um yeah unless anyone else has anything else to say no dave um, may the force be with you no? may the force be with you okay <laughs> uh <laughs> all right Let's get out of here. As always, safe travels, nomads.
will not find a corpse, because I have never possessed a body. Why are his sensors on? What the hell is this? All external controls are turned off. The body's using its own power source. I entered this body because I was unable to overcome Section 6's reactive barriers. However, what you are now witnessing is an act of my own free will. As a sentient life form, I hereby demand political asylum. Is this a joke? Ridiculous! It's programmed for self-preservation! It can also be argued that DNA is nothing more than a program designed to preserve itself. Life has become more complex in the overwhelming sea of information. And life, when organized into species, relies upon genes to be its memory system. So man is an individual only because of his intangible memory. And memory cannot be defined, but it defines mankind. The advent of computers and the subsequent accumulation of incalculable data has given rise to a new system of memory and thought parallel to your own. Humanity has underestimated the consequences of computerization. Nonsense! This babble offers no proof at all that you're a living, thinking life form. And can you offer me proof of your existence? How can you, when neither modern science nor philosophy can explain what life is? Who the hell is this? Even if you do have a ghost, we don't offer freedom to criminals. It's the wrong place and time to defect. Time has been on my side, but by acquiring a body, I am now subject to the possibility of dying. Fortunately, there is no death sentence in this country. What is it? Artificial intelligence? Incorrect. I am not an AI. My codename is Project 2501. I am a living, thinking entity who was created in the sea of information. Ah.